0: Can the Wisconsin O-line be good enough to support the offense we all expect to see this season? We continue with the big guys up front. You are Locked on Badgers.
1: You are Locked on Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Locked on Badgers. Uh, we're talking offensive line preview. We got Rajiv over there. I'm over here. And I just I think we start with that big picture question before we break it down, Rajiv. Can the, of- the offense line be good enough to support the offense that we expect this season? Um, what's your take on just that big picture question before we get into the
0: details here? I feel like it just has a big, it depends associated with it, right? I mean, last year we had eight different starting offensive line combinations. And that was due to injury. It was due to poor play. And that's really the big issue. I mean, we obviously, losing Titman was a huge loss for us. Yes, we got Renfro. Is he injured? Is he not? Is he going to play? Is he not? If everyone is healthy, then yeah, the answer to that question is yes, we can be good enough for a couple different reasons. One, our offense is different, right? So we're not not necessarily going to be running into eight-man boxes. They're not going to have to have that supreme run blocking. We're going to have a lot of quick passes into the slot, slant plays, short dropbacks. So I think in – the offense sets, him, sets itself up to allow for them to really be better. But listen, if we get stuck with the injury bug, if Renfro's not healthy and Bordellini has to move over to the center position, which takes him out of where he needs to be at left guard, I think then we could have some problems. But overall, I am confident that we can be good enough, but there's that big asterisk. It has We have to stay healthy. Now, we are deep, but I'm, I'm definitely concerned
1: about injuries going into the season. I think so. I, I agree with you. First, first of all, I mean every every program. Right, injuries can wreck an offensive line. Sure. Um, you know, now certainly with Renfro being limited already, like that's that's something we need to talk about. Yeah, I think they can be more than good good enough for this offense to excel. Uh, I think there's there's a bit of a maturation of talent here. We've been waiting for I, I feel like two years, right, for all these four and five star, mega athletic, big tackles to come to fruition and and become the offensive line become. Gel into this, you know this this group that the recruiting rankings say they should be. Um, I'm very happy with the strength and conditioning program we have now. Um, I, I think that's going to make a difference. And I think some of it is just experience. Nelson is is going to be a junior, you know. That's he, he's a he's a stud, right? I think he's going to be really good. I love the additions of not just Renfro but Huber. I think Huber is an underrated addition. Um, so I love the additions of those two. And then you have the maturation of guys like Brunner, Wedig. Uh, Malman, Rucci, you know, that, that really athletic pedigree type, type offensive lineman. Well, now they've been in the system a couple of years, if not more. So yeah, I think it will be good enough because it'd almost be coaching malfeasance if you didn't have, if you had this much talent and it didn't become good enough. And if there's one thing we would agree on with Fickle and the staff that he's put together, coaching malfeasance is not going to be in the, the dictionary here. Right. Right.
0: My, my, you know, the thing is when you look at last year though, I mean, I had high expectations going into last year with the offensive line too. And it just underperformed in many ways. And so I think that's kind of sticking with me and yes, we're bringing in some new guys, right? So it just kind of, it depends on how they really fold in. And let me ask you this. Do you think Huber is going to get into the starting lineup
1: potentially? I, I really do. So let me, let me give you, um, I, I didn't know where I was going to work this in, but I reached out to a source in the program, right? And we'll, we'll talk some, not breaking news, but some inside Intel on Lockdown on Badgers here. And I, I asked a source, hey, we're going to be doing our offensive line preview. Give me some offensive linemen that crushed it this offseason, that like that basically really worked on their body and that the results are evident. Nice. Um, Huber's in that list. So I was told Huber, Malman, um, Nelson, and Renfro all had a great offseason. So Malman, it's first of all, it's great to see Malman in that list too, right? Because yes. there's as much upside there as anybody. Um, but yeah. Huber was in that list. And you're talking about a guy that – we mentioned it when we talked to receivers, Rajiv. Um, when back when C.J. Williams came in, and back when Will Pauling, or sorry, Will Pauling and Quincy Burrow specifically, the, those are guys that this, this Cincinnati coaching staff has recruited twice mm-hmm. right, to Cincinnati, and then they thought enough of them to bring them to Wisconsin and build into this new vision. Huber is a guy that they've recruited twice. Um, I think that matters. They're not bringing him here because they don't think he has a chance to be an impact player. Uh, Also a player who had a pro football focus grade of 80.7, I think, last year, which is one of the best grades, really, of any of our offensive linemen. It's not the be-all, end-all, but it's not nothing. It's no Jack
0: Jack Nelson grade. but
1: (laughs) It's it's not Jack Nelson. Listen, I think that's a future potential second, third-round pick, that guy. Um,
0: I I think you bring up really good points there, and I I think ultimately – we have to be happy with the depth of this position right now just in general because of of renfro and Huber coming in and brunner and Weddig and all these guys that also have that versatility of positions too i mean Wedding is a guy who can kind of move around the line a little bit so mm-hmm. i think we got to be happy with our depth which is good uh going into a new season we're really not sure what this offensive line is going to be asked to do in the sense of how they're going to be asked to play because it's a different offense um different blocking schemes but We have the talent because Wisconsin always has offensive line talent. So that's really not an issue if they're healthy and if they can gel together. But ultimately, they have to be better than they were last year because there were a lot of issues on that line last year that now maybe it's because we were playing in the most predictable offense known to man. And that's probably part of the problem. So I'd like to think that that will solve itself this year. But I mean, we have to be so much better than we were last year. And I think we will. Um, as long as the new guys can fold in and play and play up to their potential. I mean, if they if they play up to their potential and if all these guys are hitting, we could be really good up, mm-hmm. up front, which ultimately, let's be honest, every single thing that happens starts up front. I mean, Luke Vickel said it in one of his opening press conferences at Madison. It's all about the guys up front. He has to, it's all about winning the line of scrimmage. Um, and you know there's going to be a huge focus on that.
1: I, I really want to hit on the point of this offense did nobody any favors. Yes. And I the, not, not this, sorry, last year's offense, the previous mm-hmm. offense, that ecosystem did absolutely nobody any favors. Not, not the quarterbacks, not the receivers, not Braylon Allen, not Chez, and absolutely not the offensive line. They've talked about it. they talked about getting getting blame because there's nine people in the box and they can only block five or six, right? And then people point to the offensive line and they like, where are the holes? Like, what do you want me to <laughs> Where are the right? holes running
0: into a nine man box? Right, no you're, holes you're, exist. You're
1: trying to bore through a, a solid wall, like, there's you're not going to get through it. And they they received a share of criticism for that, with, that I've always thought was a little unfair. This offense was so friggin' predictable, and not just in the running game, right? Wow, how what is a defensive end doing when we are third and eight and we're predictably throwing now in our run run yeah. pass offense, yeah. run run pass offense? Like, obviously, they're they're pinning their ears back. So, I Am so, I was so frustrated at times just by that offense. And I think the offensive lineman from statements that they've made were as well. And I think they're going to be better because the entire offense is going to be better. Yeah. That rising tide lifts all boats. Um, I mm-hmm. think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, just... up too. Oh, sorry. Really quickly with um, Phil Steele. He talked to Luke Fickle. And that was one of the interesting things when I talked to Phil. He said Luke said this is the deepest offense line he's ever been around. Wow. Yeah. And in a couple of years, could be one of the – not in a couple of years, sorry. Could be one of the best in the country. So – I know the coaching staff is high on it. Um, Again, injuries and a lot of parts can, can play a a deal here, but I can't wait to see them in an offense that isn't so predictable. I think it's going to help them tremendously.
0: Totally. I, I agree. I'm just, you know, I think ultimately the biggest question is, will Renfro be able to start at center and will he play a majority of the season? Because, what happens when Bordolini has to come over? That's really, you know, I just don't want to see those combinations start to move and go back and forth and and who who plays at left guard then and what kind of changes does that make? Because Bordolini, we know, is a really, really good guard and we want him to stay there. Um, and then the left side is really strong when you got Nelson and Bordolini there, and that's going to be critical. So, I mean, I think starting off right, getting into a good rotation. And the other thing is that, you know, the offensive line coach has said that he's very happy rotating between seven and eight Mm -hmm. guys. And I think that's really a nice, because we have that depth. That means that their legs are going to go longer. I think they're going to, they're going to be in better shape to play all season and play up tempo, because remember this is an up-tempo game too. They're not taking a lot of time off between plays. This, this offense is going to move. So if you can have a rotation of seven, it really does mean that that we can be uh, strong offensively. But yeah, I mean, look, all the pieces are there offensively. We've done, We've done previews with quarterback and running back and wide receivers and offensive line. Like I know that you and Justin are going to do tight end soon. The pieces are all there and, but it starts with these guys up front. And if they can do their job, we can be very, very successful.
1: Yeah, heck yeah, we can. Uh, we're going to get into more of that. Plus, uh, how many of these starters are going to get drafted? Play some over-under. Continue talking about the uh, Renfro and the potential injury there. A bunch coming up, plus your comments on Lockdown Badger. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show. We have to go over to our good friends at LinkedIn. Um, you know, LinkedIn, again, it, it, these days, when I mean, we talked about this a ton. Every potential hire, every thing you're doing as a small business to bring in talent is a high-risk wager. And you have to be 100% certain. you have access to the best qualified candidates available your business deserves that and the clients that your business is serving deserve that that's why you need to check out linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free it's something i use professionally to expand my network it's something my company uses to expand their network to bring in more business to find the right hires Um, they have simple tools screening questions get rid of all the nonsense candidates have no business being on your draft board that's what LinkedIn screening tools do. Saves your time and their time. And that's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs up to find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown college. That's linkedin.com slash lockdown college. Post your job for free terms and conditions do apply. All right, let's keep going with this conversation here. Definitely get um, Rajiv back on the show and just keep chopping it up with the offensive line. Rajiv, I want to, Go back to something you were talking about with uh, Renfro and Um, uh, You know, Renfro is hurt, which he is limited right now. Listen, here's the problem. If you're limited going into fall camp, you're not getting the reps you need in fall camp, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is not great. You're, when the season starts and when fall camp starts, it's hard to fully rehab unless you're not getting reps. And if you're not getting reps, you're not. You're not building continuity in what is to Renfro a new offense with a new offensive coordinator, a new quarterback in a new conference with new opponents. That's a problem. Yeah.
0: Continuity, we said in the last segment, is really important because these guys work as a team. And especially in this offense, things are going to be very different things they haven't done before. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely am really worried about that. And I was so excited when Renfro came on. I'm still excited. I think he's going to be fantastic for us. But let's just hope that, you know, he can get through this. I don't have any current updates on his injury. Do you have any, like, good updates on what we're – are we hearing anything about timeline or anything like that?
1: No, I, I haven't. Um, and, and I I don't know how much they're going to yeah. want to discuss that. But, yeah, we've, right. we've heard limited. That's what was put out, right, going to be limited going into the fall. Um it's not great. I think let's let's go through the projected starting offensive line mm-hmm. and kind of talk about a couple of the key reserves and, and thoughts on these players as we talk about them. Let's start with left tackle, Jack Nelson. Uh, elite, elite measurables, right? A 6'7", uh, long, athletic. I, I, I feel like not as powerful. I don't think he's a, a a really great run blocker necessarily, but a really good pass protector, a really good athlete, great length. Um, definitely a guy who's going to play in the NFL, in my opinion.
0: I mean, yeah, big smile came to my face for those of you that are listening to this when um, when Jack Nelson's thing came up. He had an 83.5 passing grade last year, a pass blocking grade. I mean, he's a machine. He's the anchor on the left side of that line, and he is our best lineman. Um, and he's probably going to have – he's going to go to the league, and he's going to have a great career. He won in, in a long line of – Wisconsin offensive lineman who made it to the league, but he's, he's our star. Um, I, I hope that he's, he plays every snap this season. I hope that he's healthy. And if he is, we're going to have a, that there's going to be a lot of edge rushers that are really going
1: to hate playing up against him. Mm-hmm. I, I want to run through the rest of the offensive line here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we pause at Nelson. Cause I think he's, he's kind of the unquestioned star yeah. of the group, but mm-hmm. the projected starters, you have Bordellini at one guard, Renfro at center. if He's healthy Furtney at the other guard. And then Riley mm-hmm. Molman, uh at right tackle. So, uh, I'm going to take a few of these players. Anything that's exciting or anything you want to point out with all these players, Rajiv, um, the, a couple of the interesting ones for me, Riley Malman, 6'8", one of the players that I was told had a great offseason. Um, he's in the 89th percentile in NFL, basically length and size and height. You know, So he's, he's got the upside in the measurables to be an elite right tackle. Um, and again, if he had a great offseason, that's exciting. And then I want to highlight Bordellini, who really is just incredibly versatile. You know, is Is he a great guard? Probably not. Is he a great center? Probably not. Is he a great tackle? Probably not. Can he be good at any of those spots? Yeah. And that's incredibly valuable. So uh, he may be the MVP of the of the line. Uh, maybe not the best player, but the guy that you can't lose because he provides versatility all across the, the starting five. Um, experience, toughness, versatility. He's going to get drafted too, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So those are a couple I wanted to highlight. Kick it over to you if there's anything else you want to talk about this projected starting group.
0: Yeah, so first of all, and I, I love and I think oh, when you look at the two tackles that we have anchoring those ends of the line, really, really happy about that. That's a huge position, especially in a pass-happy offense in a long-go system. We really need to make sure those edges are locked down. And I think my I think I expect to see some good growth from Fertney this year too. I mean, he's a guy that I really like, and I think that it's going to be interesting to see. You know, does Huber kind of slot in there potentially? Is it going to be Fertney? Uh, but I think growth is really expected from me. I, I expect him to really, to really be a, a good star for us. But as as Ben just put up in the comments here, Huber greater than Fertney probably. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of you kind of read different things, just you, you hear that, and that's listen. I'm okay with the, the best five playing, but I do expect a lot of growth from Fertney, and, and even if he's not going to be a starter they're they're going to play this seven eight deep and he's going to be a huge key contributor for us
1: yeah let me let's talk about huber quickly because we we were discussing a little bit earlier uh huber's a guy that we talked about this coaching staff really like they brought him from cincinnati mm-hmm. and he's another guy who i was told had a great off season in the, in the strength and conditioning program so yeah that wouldn't shock me at all like if, if if we started the season or at some point in the year if huber ended up being one of the starting guards i would my shock percentage would be zero. It wouldn't shock me at all. He's going to play a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, big time backups here. You have Rucci, Wedig, Bruner, uh, any who here on, for out of this kind of next group is really exciting to you. And are we going to see this year?
0: So I, I really like Trey Wedig because of his versatility, you know, he can play, he can play tackle. He can play guard. He can even play center a little bit. So I like that. And I think that when you, when you're going seven, eight deep, you need guys who can play different positions. And especially if, you know, Bordellini has to play center a lot, or if if at all, then you're really going to have to shift some things around. So Wedig is a guy that I really like. Um, I like his frame. I like his size. I like his overall strength and and kind of get off on the ball. Um, And I I like his run blocking ability. I just feel like he's a guy who isn't talked too much about that. I expect near the end of the season. He's a guy that we're going to say, wow, like he, he really took big steps and he can kind of play all over the line, which, in an offense like this and, and you've heard Bicknell talking about this like he likes these guys who can play everywhere and he's going to use them a lot. So yeah, Wedding is the guy of that group that I really that I really like. Now Brunner as well, um, you know, he obviously has a lot of skill, really really good frame, uh, but yeah, those two very excited. Honestly, I'm just excited about seeing all of them. I think that we've got we've got good depth and I just really hope that injuries don't Kill us this year, and these guys can really get into the flow. And I don't want to see eight different starting offensive lines.
1: Let's let's get into some superlatives here, and it's hard to do. We, we've been doing over unders for quarterbacks, receivers, running <laughs> backs. It's super easy, right? Um, on fourteen hundred yards. How do you do over on like how many pancakes? And I'm going to make regime tri- uh, chart that too. If we do a pancakes over, you are going to have to watch film every game. So we decided to do some superlatives, not as many over unders for the offensive line. But we are going to do an over-under on how many of this projected starting five. We'll, we'll put Huber in here as well. So we'll say six. How many of this top six get drafted over-under 2.5, Rajiv?
0: I'm going to say under. Um, I think Jack Nelson is, is the obvious one. Um, and I, I think probably, I mean, Malman, maybe Renfro, depending on how things go. But I'm going to say... I'm gonna stay under. Um, I want to say over, but I just I haven't seen enough of them to really say, okay, yeah, like Jack Nelson, we've seen enough, right? We know he's gonna be drafted and he's gonna be great, um, you know. But yeah, listen, any of these guys really could step up and get to the point where they are. Um, certainly Malman, um, certainly Renfro. There's a lot of there's a lot of beef up there, uh, but I gotta say under just because I just don't see three like
1: locks to get to the NFL. Okay, I'm gonna go over on this, and I'm gonna partially do it to put a fork on all the people who call me too negative. Take um, like that. No, I, I really think – I think you're we agree on Nelson. Nelson's getting drafted. I think yeah. Malman with his frame, and he's going to be one of those guys who maybe it's a fifth-round pick. But with that frame and that athleticism, he's going to have multiple years of tape at Wisconsin. I think there, he's going to be able to show pass-blocking skills in this Philongo system. Yeah, I think he's going to get picked. And I think Bordellini, based on just the versatility, the strength, durability, I think he gets picked as well. Not Not high – but he, I think the NFL is going to find a, a spot for a 6'4, 310 pound guy who's strong, durable, and can play three positions. So, yeah, I think fair, I mean, fair point. Of... You're,
0: you're, you're the optimist today. There you go.
1: That's the <laughs> nope. um, underrated storyline for the offensive line this year. Ooh. I mean, I feel like storyline just got to be Renfro.
0: I mean, I don't, it's, it's hard to, it's, well, first of all, let's say this the loss of Titman is something that. I mean, he was so good up front and just such a reliable guy. And he was incredible in high school in Indiana and then, and then here. Um, so yeah, I think lo- losing him and how we address that situation and what we do, whether it's Renfro, whether it's Portolini and how that goes, is really the storyline that I'm going to be watching from minute one, because that interior of the line, if there's too much shifting going on and if, if we don't have the right combination, it will show. Um, and so I, I, I feel like that's really where it all is for me. Is, is the loss of Tittman and how we slide in with Renfro and how good he can adapt um, to playing with our with our other guys.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good one. The Renfro one, and we had a comment here, Phil Dickert said, really like the depth at O-line, but I think a healthy Renfro is key. Um, that's, that's definitely a huge part of it. I'm excited to see just what they look like in a different offense. We've, we've kind of talked about that, but I want to see what the tackles look like pass blocking more. I mm-hmm. want to see if, what they're able to do with the line of scrimmage with less people in the box. So that's what I'm excited about. Let's go MVP of the line. Who is your MVP of the line? Jack Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, is there really any other one to choose? I mean, I think if he, so he's certainly the most talented. I think you could maybe make an argument MVP, you know, most important. I, you know, there could be a difference there if you want to argue borderline because of the versatility he's made. But listen, your future NFL left tackle is your best and most important piece on the line. I think we can agree with that. Um, all right, let's take a quick break here, and then we're going to get into your comments. We'll probably talk, uh, touch on Jackson McAndrew, too. We've definitely had people talk about it. Uh, Zach Bart says, Nelson, MVP without question. Yeah, I, like sometimes the, these answers are pretty simple. Um, we're going to come back with more of your comments, more of your thoughts. Uh, but first, a quick break for our friends of the show. And a quick second to say uh, thank you just to everybody who's tuned in. Really do appreciate it. You guys are amazing. Uh, let's keep this, this conversation going. Let's get Rashid back on. Uh, Reggie, I did have one more here that I, I forgot to ask you. Um, who is – well, we have a couple more, actually. Who is the future star of this offense line? So somebody not in that top six that you're really high on. And you you can take our current recruiting class in that as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'm going to say Joe Brunner. I think that that's, that's someone who I really feel like is going to be a future star. Um, I really like his frame, really like his film. And, yeah, I think that, that there's a guy that will grow with this system. He will put on weight. He will get his body right. And it's already good, but I think he's gonna—he's you're gonna see him really own the interior of the line in in the the future
1: years. Yeah, Brunner's a great one. I I could go Brunner. I'm gonna go Ryan Corey. I I think he's just an absolute steal. Uh, I think he's a four-star guy that they're not giving him four stars because he's kind of typecast as a guard, as an interior offensive lineman. Uh, Maybe that's projecting too far out, but he might—he is one of my favorite recruits in this entire class, not just out of the offensive lineman. So. I'm going to go Corey. I love your take on Brunner, though. I think he saw the field right away as a freshman for a reason. That's usually a very telltale sign. Yep. Um, let's let's get into. Oh no, let's do offensive line recruit that broke your heart. Is this just the obvious Logan Brown?
0: I mean, it has to be Logan Brown, right? I mean, I, I'll go. I'll do a different one. Um, I, I'll go back to 2016 in the Gary Anderson era. Kevin Estes. Uh, was a guy that I really, really liked. I liked his film and he he needed to put on weight when he came in and he he had, he had a really good frame, but it needed to be, he needed to add weight. Didn't really do that as much. And then when Gary Anderson left, he was gone. It just, it never worked out. He never really was able to to be that offensive lineman that when I remember when he was recruited and I saw someone was like, Oh, this guy's, this guy's gonna be really good. I'm excited to see this. He was a four-star kid, uh, but just never materialized. And I was really sad about that. But the obvious answer is Logan
1: Brown. Yeah, five-star offensive lineman who gets, I mean, gets told to leave the team and never makes a, a meaningful contribution. That That's the obvious answer there. Uh, let's, let's jump into some of these comments here. Ben Alban, this is an interesting one. I think a lot of the guys were recruited with the expectation of doing a lot of run blocking, so the transition to more pass blocking will be interesting. Yeah, um, really interesting yeah. point, yeah. I, I think that's a. I think it's a tra- it's going to be a transition for everybody too. Um, all the returning players, you're going to see a transition from the receivers, from the running backs, from the offensive linemen. Um, I can't wait to see a lot of that. Jaden Galt, we're talking about recruits that broke our heart. Robert Swordson brings up Jaden Galt. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> no doubt. That was a four-star player, in-state kid. Uh, left, I think he left due to me- not mental, but he needed to focus on himself. If yeah. i remember correctly. <laughs> Bo Dragon says Aaron Gibson. That was a first round pick. Uh, Zach Bart says Jaden Galt for me as well. Former All American high school, uh, ninety four four star, dude was an absolute mauler. Mental health derailed his career, but he's getting the help he needs, which is obviously far more important than than anything on the football field. Daltreat says, Do you think we see Allen and Malusi on the field at the same time this year? I'm gonna go ahead and say yes. I, I think Longo likes to stack weapons
0: yeah and Malusi's really versatile I mean they're they're two different kinds of backs really and Malusi's a little quicker he's faster Um, you know he's not kind of that that you over kind of guy but I can see him definitely running wheel routes I can see different kinds of formations where we're not really sure who's in the ball yeah I I hope to see situations like this I want to see formations that we've never seen I want to see all kinds of stuff I want to be I want to be wowed watching the Buffalo game because my head's spinning because I can't follow all the guys and what they're doing and I I mean, it's it's going to be great. It's going to be great. so good. We are, you what, 32 days away? 31 days you away? We hope it's going to be great. Richie. what happens if we play Buffalo and we win
1: 17 to 13? No, we are not.
0: Don't <laughs> even think about that. Believe, okay. my friend. Get out okay. of here. Okay. What okay. are you doing?
1: Uh, Adultery, we had some technical issues to start the show. So he's, Adultery is wondering is it foul play, Justin trying to seize control from the tyrannical show lead? <laughs> I am. A, listen, this is, I run this show with an iron fist. Okay. It's true. And Justin attempted a coup. You know, trying to, to lead this this new regime up. And I stomped it out. That's why it's just me and Rajid tonight. Um, I love this comment from Bruce Weber. We started late. Like, this is probably because we didn't clap loud enough for Ryan before he enters the show. So we have to clap louder. I love it. Fantastic. Um, we, any any moment,
0: any any opportunity we get to
1: make fun of PJ Fleck, we will always take on this yep. show. You can Listen, bet on it, that. It's low-hanging fruit, but I will take that <laughs> every day. Um Let's touch on this one, Rajiv. Brian D, uh, McAndrew commits to cre- God Creighton. Uh, does guard need Khan for a successful class? So two-parter here. Let's talk McAndrew not getting him first, and then does guard need Khan? The first one yikes. stinks. Like, it just stinks. Yeah, don't, it, it stinks. I've already seen some Badger fans say, and listen, every opinion is welcome. Not everybody, I'm sure, felt as good about McAndrew as I did. or like, But we wanted him. This is a loss. I've already seen people say, well – I don't think he could play defense in the Big Ten anyway. Listen, Great Guard wanted this guy for a long, long time. Uh, he would have been fine in the Big Ten. It's a, it's a loss,
0: and it's a loss. It's more, it, it's painful because we really thought that he was going to get here. With you know, he has a really good relationship with Free Tag, and so that was really exciting. And those guys and playing together, but uh, yeah, it's a loss, and it stinks. And really, to Creighton, I mean, I understand Creighton's a, a big basketball program. I understand that he likes the style of play there, and I hear all that. But boy, oh boy, that's just a – it's just a sting, right? To Mm -hmm. to lose to Creighton. Um, But you know, look, he's going to be great. I wish him well. And I hope that he decides he wants to leave Creighton and come transfer and play with his buddy free tag and come to Wisconsin. Um, Do we need con for a successful class? It would be really helpful, but no, because I think that free tag was a huge get for us. You know, we talked about that a lot. I think that he's a guy that changes the game. Um, And it, it means that, we're going to have to continue to work in the transfer portal in future years to fill any holes on the team. Um, but but listen, if we wouldn't have got free tag, then we're, we're talking about a whole new situation. We don't have enough players. That's a big thing. But I don't think we need to get Con for a successful class. Now, if for some reason Duke doesn't get him and we do get
1: Con, well then we're back on top, baby. All right. Then we're. Ex- I think Brian Latch, who has a comment here, sums up where I'm at really well. He said, "I think it will be successful, but I would come away feeling like there was a missed opportunity to crank things up on the recruiting trail." I, I really think that first part is exactly where I'm at. Like, I think, I think you get a class with Freetag and Robeson, and you come away saying, "Okay, that's good," but it, yeah. it, it's not an elevating class, right? It's not the class that you need to really push this this program into the stratosphere. So, I think he that's that's really where I'm at. Um, well, I,
0: I I do I think we do need to not you know. It, it, the the, the 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 get of free tag can't be undervalued. I mean, it it, it was a really really big. He's a big player for us. So I, while I hear you, I do think that because look, there was a lot of people that that thought people that are listening to this show, people in Badger World, that thought that we weren't ever going to get free tag. So it, that can't be understated. That was a really big get, and it isn't. An, it is enough with Robeson to say successful. So I'm, I'm not. I think I'm a little higher on it still than than you probably are. Uh, because I really like what Freetag brings, <clears throat> considering he brings talent and and
1: and style of play that we're not used to seeing here. Well, it's a huge win. And and I said previously, I thought Freetag would be a, is a bigger difference maker for Wisconsin than Khan, because I think he brings something so difficult for us to get. So uh, to your point, the Freetag win is enormous. Um, Bo needs to stop hating on on Gus Yaldon. Uh Bo says if we had the equivalent of fickle for basketball, we'd be getting great basketball players instead of slow, boring pivot masters. Bo, you are going to love Gus. I'm sorry. You are going to love Gus Yaldin. I'm tired of this, this, this in, Gus Yaldin trash.
0: In the middle of next season, Bo Drag is going to come on this show and he's going to say sign guard to an extension instead mm-hmm. of the the, the 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 fire guard things that Bo likes to put in here. And yeah, so I'm very confident that I'm going to bring Bo Dragon all the way over. To, on the other side of the spectrum to the believe with Rajiv side, and that's where that's where Bo Dragon's going to be. I have I confidence, think,
1: Bo. Listen, you're a Jedi, I don't think you have that much Jedi power, <laughs> right? Definitely not. Bo Dragon's on the stiff, like you're not bringing that man back into the light, not with great guard. Uh, Rajiv, I hate to put you on the spot here, but Rio wants to know where you guys are watching the Buffalo game in Vegas.
0: Listen, Rio, this is some bad news, but I am actually not going to be in Vegas, um, during the Buffalo game, I'm going to be in Japan. I'm taking a trip um, to Japan, but I will be. Don't worry. I'm four at thirty in the morning is kickoff in Japan. I will be awake. I'll be watching it, and I will be taking um, my ca- a camera with me and be on the reaction show live from Japan. But Rio, let's definitely get together to watch uh, some other games this season.
1: Uh, this is going from Greg because this is. Uh, he said you, we all thought Coach Mosted was the answer last year. I certainly did. I was wrong on that. Um, again, I I think it was. I think he was shackled by. The offensive of line was, <laughs> and Bobby Ingram, and just everything. But I'll, I'll own it. Like, I was wrong. I thought the offensive line under Bostad would be better last year. And I'll own and, that. And, and
0: Bostad was a fantastic offensive line coach. I think you're right. There was a lot of factors that, that moved us in the wrong direction and a lot of negative headwinds that really could Bostad have done much better. I don't know that he really could have.
1: Yep. All right. I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh, a bunch of content I didn't get to, as always, because I'm the worst. But you guys are amazing. Rajiv is awesome on Wisconsin. Uh, we're definitely going to talk again tomorrow. Lots of content coming up as we're getting there. Like this, this train is is moving very quickly now towards that Buffalo game, and I think we're, I think we're all excited for it. So it's on Wisconsin. The, I'll say one
0: last thing. It's like it. Sorry. It's like it's oh, like really? this this whole these last few months, right? I mean, we've just been building up to this point and now it's close enough to actually taste it. We're actually talking about where we're going to be, where we're going to watch the games, who we're going to be with. And, and it's really, really exciting. Um, The last thing I'll say is if you, if you did, if you haven't heard already from other shows that Ryan has done, we are planning to go to the Ohio state game. So if you're going to be in Madison, um, Ryan, Justin, and myself will all be there. Um, you know, we're definitely going to have a meetup and, and drink together. Like we did it for the spring game. So that'd be really fun. Would really be great to come out and to meet uh, as many of you guys as we can.
1: Heck yeah. We'll end it on this one. This is a great comment. Greg Linscombe says McAndrew was a long, deep fly out to the warning track. There's a lot of recruitments that go like that on Wisconsin. We're going to talk to all y'all tomorrow. Let's go.